0: We cannot be like you, Steph.
1: And as I was scrolling, I'm like, "Oh my God, it's Tim! Like, <laughs> it's Tim and his
0: tours." I, mean, I don't think I've talked about it ever, so maybe this is like exclusive. Wow!
2: I'm gonna expose myself later for a cast recording. I just listened to the first for the first time, so we'll just <laughs> embarrass
0: ourselves. This is wild. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. You're changing my life.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Off to Broadway, the podcast where we deep dive into anything and everything musical theater from the comfort of my car. I'm Tara. I'm Stefania. And in today's episode, we are still social distancing, so we are out of the car, but we do have a special guest in our virtual studio. Please welcome the founder and owner of Broadway Up Close, Tim Dolan. Hi, Tim. Hi. Nice
0: car. Nice car.
1: Oh yeah, right? Welcome to the car. (laughs) I miss the car. I miss miss the car too.
0: (laughs) I miss just everything, I think, at this point. You're like, I miss anything normal.
1: Yeah. So For our listeners, I don't even know if we ever said this on an episode last year because we went so late into the year, but we met you, Tim, last year in December. We took a Broadway Up Close tour. It was the Ghost Light tour. And we were super lucky because it ended up being a personal tour of just us two and you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that uh, it happens every once in a while. My <laughs> motto since the day we started was even if only one person signs up, we won't cancel. So I was like, sometimes if it's just you, one, two people, I'm like, let's go. Let's do it.
1: And I appreciate that you've worn the green hoodie.
0: Duh, yeah, I'm always on brand. Even if I'm not seen, I'm always on brand.
1: My most memorable, well, not my most memorable, but what we really
2: appreciated was it was a freezing cold day and you brought us hand warmers and they oh, lasted yeah. all day and we thought of you all day with our hand warmers. We so did. That was- we're in Oklahoma with our hand
0: warmers. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, why is my leg on fire? You're like, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's just a hand warmer. Yeah, we, um, you know, but most of our tours are completely outside. I'm sure we'll get into new tours that we've done, which are interior. But for the most part of the 10 years that we've been in business, it's been exterior. Um, And it's, you know, it's New York city, there's four seasons or like, you know, three seasons and like 20 minutes of fall is what it seems (laughs) like. Um, So it, uh, you know, you've got to keep people warm. You've got to keep them comfortable or else like, who cares? If if you're like, I'm cold, I'm cold, I'm cold, I'm cold, you're like, I don't care what this kid is saying, I'm cold.
1: It was also partially our fault because we had uh, been at the rush line for Jagged Little Pill, so we were already freezing (laughs) before we came to see you. So Yeah, (laughs) uh, man, I can't help you with that. (laughs) You're on your own. It's our own choice. Um, (laughs) Speaking of New York City, before we jump into talking about Broadway up close, um, you have been in New York since the beginning of coronavirus, COVID-19, and mm-hmm. New York was the epicenter back in March. Your booth is in Times Square. Yes. Did you get any sort of heads up that theater was gonna shut down? What was that like when everything hit?
0: No, uh, the answer, <laughs> the really short answer is no, but um, we'll, I'll give you, I'll elaborate a little bit. I, for uh, 24 hours, was the face of the Broadway coronavirus. <laughs> um, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. We So March, probably March 10th, uh, the start of that week, we had gotten from a couple international guests. I think that was right about when they did the ban internationally. And so we kind of got a heads up that maybe around the world, this was going to affect us a little bit. Um, But certainly you're like Broadway, it's a constant, you know, the only time it's ever really, for any length of time as closed was 1919 uh, because of the actor's strike, not even because of the Spanish flu of 1918. So you're like, well, that's not going to close and we're in New York. Like we're just going to keep going. And then on March 12th, they put out this article that one usher had tested positive uh, an usher at six and he worked at six and, um, the revival of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf at the booth. And uh, they decide to, for this article to announce that this guy has tested positive. They use my face, <laughs> lean it like, next to my Broadway oh, sign no. as the banner photo of this oh, article. And so I, my phone starts like buzzing and it's everyone that I've ever met going like, hey, have you seen this? You're the face of the Broadway coronavirus right now why are you the face of the (laughs) coronavirus? And I was like, what? And I was working and I was like, what, 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 what? And they had just like, someone had taken a stock photo of me with my Broadway sign, which is just Mm -hmm. a big word Broadway. And they're like, this will be the perfect, you know, photo to go with it. But underneath my photo, it says, Usher test positive for coronavirus. Broadway in question, question mark or something. And it's me. And I was like, oh no, oh God, abort, (laughs) abort. We've got to get out of here. And then honestly, that was March That was the morning of March 12th. By middle of the day, March 12th, that's when everything's closing, including opening night of six, which was hours away. And then by that Sunday, that was when almost every reservation that I had for the next three months canceled within those three days. We, oddly enough, the gift shop sales, we own this gift shop, uh, were, were incredible for those three days. And we did actually a decent amount of tours those three days because suddenly people were here with no shows to see and they were like, are your tours open? Can we do a tour? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And it wasn't masks yet. It wasn't gloves. It was like, I don't know, like, don't cough on me, but like, we yeah. should be fine. Uh, and so that was, you know, it was quick and it took over fast. And then, you know, of course, the ball just rolled and then everything yeah. closed.
1: We had a New York trip planned to come back in April and we were definitely going to come to another Broadway up close to her. So, <laughs> but it was beginning of March when we had heard that like, this had started to pick up, like things were happening. I was literally on vacation until March 10th. I don't know what I was doing in California, (laughs) but um, we were like, well, could we still go? And then our hotel canceled on us. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we would have never ended up going anyway because New York was a bit crazy back in April.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yeah. And And so I, um, as everything shut down, I looked at my French Bulldog Belasco and I was like, they're about to, I can just feel they're about to close down bridges. They're about to close down subways. And I was like, I'm not, I didn't buy any food. Uh, My friends were like, you didn't go to the grocery? I was like, no, I've been like packing (laughs) up my business. And so I, uh, I got a rental car and me and him got out of here. I was like, let's go to Michigan and visit family and we'll be there for two weeks. And then we were there, uh, me and him were there for seven weeks, uh, during the worst of it here. And then I came back and I was like, I'll come back. I'll open the gift shop. And I came back and it was like tumbleweeds in times square and like a a wasteland. And I was like, maybe not. Um, (laughs) And then that's where we've been really since I've been back since April 30th. Um, wow. And it's been crazy.
2: Yeah, theater here shut down, I think the Saturday, the Friday night was the last um, day of show. So a few days later and we were like, what are they doing? Why are they
0: canceling?
1: And we were at a show on the Wednesday, which was cutting <laughs> it very close. So.
0: You know, it's, um, yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, obviously I think it was necessary, uh, you know, health and safety. I don't think anyone, you know, there's still, it feels like still six months in, they're trying to figure it out. It's just, cra- it's just crazy to, you know, the first couple of weeks was like, okay, so now what, yeah you know, mm-hmm. I was scheduled to do little shop of horrors in you know, a production mm-hmm. of that in Michigan that canceled, that was March 29th. So that canceled my business is canceled. New York city is a wasteland times square. It's like, there's no tourists, no one's coming back. And you're like, so, so what do you do as an actor? Mm-hmm. What do you do? And then what, as a business owner, what do you do? And that just became mm-hmm. like, I don't know. The answer <laughs> yeah. to, I don't know.
2: Yeah. 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 It's uh it's definitely going to be time before we before yes. we know anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: let's move away from that and let's sure. go into more fun stuff. Okay. <laughs> so, starting from the very very beginning, what is your earliest memory of theater?
0: Ooh, of theater ever. Um the thing that pops up instantly which like we'll go with my gut instinct, um it was I was in second grade. I grew up in Michigan and ev- they don't do this they they stopped doing this once I got into high school, but It was the high school musical, they would do one student matinee uh, for the elementary school across the street. And I was in Mm -hmm. second grade, and we walked across in the middle of the day, Mm -hmm. and it was like a half day, and we got to go see this thing. You know, and it was probably awful. You know, it's a high school production of Oliver. You're like, I'm sure (laughs) it was garbage. But in second grade, I was like, what is this? And I remember all of the kids on stage being like not much older than me and being like, well, wait what is this one and two who are they and how did they know about this and wait, I have so many questions. And so uh, that was my first exposure to it. And then we went again and saw the wizard of Oz, maybe the next year or sound of music the next year. And those were like the first three years. That was my first exposure to it. And then from there, I got into choir and then, you know, the ball started rolling. So you've
1: always been interested in theater, but what Mm -hmm. made you want to start a tour company?
0: You know, there's this, the cliche that I hate. Um, and these two words that I hate, which is survival job as any artist or gig worker, someone who, you know, has a job that is sometimes one week long, one day long is sometimes 13 years long. You go from job to job. Uh, most of it is, you know, artists seem to be the ones that live this life the most. And so you have this gig life, you have these other jobs in between, because financially you've got to connect the dots through all of it. And the cliche is that every actor becomes a waiter. And I was a waiter at one point in time. And I, you know, I was good at it. I have, I'm a good attention to detail, but to me, it was it was no means to an end and I just thought as an actor, even if you're successful, there's still going to be these times where you're not in a show or you're waiting for the next show. There's going to be these times. Mm -hmm. So I said, I've got to figure it out now. I'm not going to be 40 years old waiting tables as an actor. It's just not going to be me. That's not for me. So I had a friend, uh, my uncle is like a corporate tour guide, not necessarily like a point and talk about a building, but uh, takes you to your hotel, sets you up, gets you to your dinner reservation, is in charge of corporate groups. And so he hooked me up with a friend who had here, uh, who was more of a point and talk tour guide. And he put me on the path like, hey, be a tour guide. You like to talk uh, and um, do that. And so that's where it started. And then I was like, maybe I'll start my own thing. And then that was 2010. Wow. Yeah. So
2: how has it changed? from what you originally dreamed or originally planned to now.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think I knew enough when it first started to to dream as big as okay. it's become. Uh you know, you, I think when you start anything you have delusions of grandeur one, but then you also you don't really know what to think because you're not you're not immersed into it enough. And there at this point in time, there wasn't really anyone who was telling stories about Broadway in a one-on-one format, in person as a tour. They had tried it, the Broadway League, who owns all the theaters and is the producers and everyone. They had done a program similar. You know, it's not like I this was a revolutionary idea, but my way in through the actor's eyes and with stories that I really thought illuminated the buildings, um that seems to be, you know, what worked better than maybe their more corporate Broadway approach. You know, and so when I first started, I thought we'll just do a tour you know, and we'll hand out some stickers and that'll be cool. We have like a little sticker souvenir. Uh, And the first time we did it, I did every theater. It was seven hours long. (laughs) It was way too long. And you're like, we'll make it shorter. So maybe, and then I was like, maybe we'll do a couple tours. Oh, that'll be good. So if they like one, they can come back for two. And then, so that was two. And then that was too long. And so then we started, we did three. And that was, we did that for about five years. That, That gets me to like 2015. And then from there, You know, you start bringing more people on, you start working with student groups. Uh, I had a student group say, we're going to see this show. Do you know anyone in that show? Can we dance with that person from that show? So we started to do what we call Broadway of Closer Workshops. Uh, in addition to student groups who came on our tours. And then there was these kiosks in Times Square that started to pop up selling hot dogs and stuff. And I was like, I want one of those. And I, uh, you know, so I never was like, we'll own a piece of real estate because you're like, it's Times Square. That's never going to happen. And those kiosks, to give you perspective, because everyone always wants to know numbers of rent, each one of those is about $10,000 a month to rent. And it's about 60 square feet. And I was like, I mean, we're doing well, but like the answer is not 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 well. Not so well. You're like, yeah, abort, abort. So then it became like, could I, is there a world where I could ever work out a negotiation where I could, it's feasible to one, get the space and two, what would I do with the space? And so we did, we, I worked out a negotiation with the city, we're like a cultural thing. So they liked that. Um, And so it works for our business model and I don't have to pay $10,000 a month. Thank you. Uh, And then that, you know, started as a kiosk. I was like, of course, we'll just hand out pamphlets and everyone will flock and I will be rich. And then like by day (laughs) four, it was crickets and my staff was looking at me like, what Uh... is this? And I was like, oh, gosh, it's not going well. Maybe it'll be a gift shop. Uh, And so then we, you know, we pivoted into it being a gift shop. And then we started offering indoor theater tours because I got finally someone to give me the keys and let me into the Hudson, which is the oldest theater. And so all of that has just been me year by year going, how could we ratchet this up a little higher, a little crazier, um, a little bigger, but still maintaining the core value of what I set out to do on April 10th, 2010, which is just to tell some really interesting stories in a really personal way.
1: Mm -hmm. You also mentioned your beautiful Broadway sign earlier in this conversation. And that is something that I, before, I mean, we had heard about your tour through the Broadway podcast, um, Uh, but we started seeing that Broadway sign pop up all over Instagram on our explore pages. So that sign, I feel also like brought all of the people to you, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. And it, when we're designing merchandise, the idea was a a moment uh, in Times Square that even if you're not going to come on a tour, right, we don't get a lot of information. International um, non-English speaking guests. One, because they they don't come to New York City to see theater. They come to New York City for New York City. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Broadway show is included in their trip, but it's not their sole focus. Where we really thrive is people that uh, have an interest in theater, whether they're seeing 72 shows in four days or they're seeing two shows in four days. So that's where we thrive. But I said, there's still got to be a way to interact with those people who are going to walk past and go, oh, theater and keep going. And I was like, it has to be an Instagram. So it has has to be square and it just has to be visual. There can't be anything that they have to read and it should feel iconically old New York, but new. Mm -hmm. And I said to my designer, I said, I think it's got to be marquee letters and they've got to be stacked on top of each other, six feet tall in some configuration that spells out Broadway. So it looks like we've stolen a letter from each marquee and stacked them. And my designer who was my tin man, uh, last time I did Wizard of Oz, I was the Scarecrow. He was my tin man. (laughs) Um, he is my graphic designer and he said, uh, I got you. And I like two days later, the first draft, he handed me that, what it is. And so I found someone to build it for all the money in the world. Uh, and then that became our new logo. Um, and my, the little sneak peek I'll give you that we haven't unveiled it is we just redesigned our entire logo around that. So we're moving away as of next month from, uh, green and footsteps to the Broadway sign, uh, with still some elements of green so that- Uh, Just literally two days ago, he handed me our new logo uh, with our rebranding of that being a central focus.
2: That's so exciting. Even me and Tara were talking about the sign and she said basically the same thing that it feels like it's always been there it doesn't feel new it feels like it's just a part of the identity of broadway of new york so you nailed it with it
1: i, th- I think i had said when we came in december i was like has this always been here like why haven't i taken a picture with this yet? <laughs> you're like
0: wait why why <laughs> like, is yeah. this like, like why are there our not, logo
1: <laughs> why are there not multiple pictures of me with this sign
0: <laughs> my favorite is right when we unveiled it so you know, crickets of a kiosk. We opened Mm -hmm. the kiosk. It was crickets for like a couple of weeks. Then the Broadway sign was, it was delayed with the the Mm -hmm. company making it. And so the truck pulls up, they unlock, they unloaded it. We set it up. It's in Times Square. And I I like plug it in for the first (laughs) time. And my Savannah, my um, employee was like, so now what? And I was like, I don't know, I guess we just see what people do. And within four seconds, someone was like, are we allowed to take our picture with that? And I was like, you are, you are. And that's then the it started, point. and later that day, I laughed, I ran, ran to do a tour or something. And Savannah says, I have to tell you the best thing that's ever happened. She said, uh, a couple, man and, a man and woman were walking. She said, it sounded like they were from New Jersey with thick bridge and tunnel accents. And uh, the woman said, oh my God, look at this Broadway sign. And she says, the guy goes, oh, you don't know about the Broadway sign? And Savannah was like, it's been here like six hours. And this man's already like, like shut up. Don't you know how New York works? And I was like, we've made it. That's amazing. It feels iconic and it's only six hours old.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. So you have such... We experienced such an in-depth of knowledge from you. Is that something you always had? Was it something that came from doing the tour? Were you an annoying 14-year-old, like regaling your parents like I was with facts? (laughs) Like,
0: I want to know. We can't all all be like you, Steph, relax. (laughs) Um, No, the answer is no. I was always book smart. Um, I was a weird, strange human that I'm very right and left brain equally. Um, I I excelled at English. I excelled at math. uh, But then I, I sing and dance. So that was always the case, but history, I liked it. But what I've found is I like history that pertains selfishly to me and my world. Um, And my world has become New York City, it's become Broadway, and so, how can the offshoots of that, I've become like a sponge for that information. But no, when I first started building, I had made a spreadsheet and was like, okay, here's the names of the 40, at the time there was 40 theaters, the Hudson hadn't reopened. And I was like, have I even been to all of these, you know, and you, I, you know, I just literally bare bones started going through writing when they were built, who built them, none of these names mean anything. And then I just started and then 10 years in, I mean, literally an hour ago, uh, I'm writing the next content for this virtual series we're doing. And I was going back an hour ago to my original notes and having to pull out my books again (laughs) and go, okay, I think that's right. But like, is that what that is? so no, I wasn't that annoying 14 year old, but um, now I'm that annoying 35 year old. <laughs> uh, so I've, I've, got, I've made up for, for lost time, you're welcome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so for everyone listening, how many tours do you offer? Why is the Broadway up close to a roster?
0: Yeah. So we, uh, five exterior tours. So we have um, what used to be called act one, act two, act three, but we found that people wanted to go in order and you don't have to go in order. So those, uh, as of last year now, are Broadway's Beginnings, which is the theaters at the Southern end of the district, Schubert Brothers and Beyond, which is the theaters in the middle, and then Hippies, Discos and Dogs, Oh My Tour, which is the theaters at the Northern end. So those are the three main Times Square tours. There's a fourth tour that's in Times Square that's just the Haunted theaters, which you came on, which is the Ghost Mm Light. And then, Then we opened the Hamill Tour, which is in the theater, uh, the financial district downtown, which is all the sights and sounds of the musical Hamilton standing in the exact spots where the history happened. And then we just opened in October, our sixth experience, which is our first interior tour, which is called Hudson Up Close. And that's inside Broadway's oldest theater that's been there uh, since 1903, 117 years.
1: So you've obviously done so many tours. You must have very (laughs) funny stories. What's the funniest question anyone's ever asked
0: you? Okay. So Hamilton seems to, for whatever reason, (laughs) and maybe it's because it's more U.S. history or American history thrown in, that seems to be the one where you get like a, (laughs) what? Uh, One woman, she had been cold to the entire tour which uh, I like pride myself on being pretty charismatic so that by the time we're 10 minutes in you're like oh this guy just feels like a friend who's like sharing weird stories she was having nothing she (laughs) was very wealthy very like um go ahead little kid impress me and I was like I will just wait um they had seen Hamilton the night before for eight million dollars because there was money involved they had lots of money and um for whatever reason, we were talking about uh, the house where they grew up, uh, 26 Broadway, where Burn happened in the Reynolds pamphlet, and all of this stuff happened. And we're standing outside of the site of it, no, the house is gone. And we're talking about the Mariah Reynolds scandal and she got like really, I don't know, she got really like excited by that. And she like came alive for the first time. And this is like an hour and 10 minutes in. And I was like, oh, okay, that she really that really struck a chord. And she was like, oh, okay. So while we're talking about that, I guess the question I have then is how did he die? <laughs> And I, oh. I said, uh, uh, who, uh, Hamilton. And I was like, oh, oh, he was shot in a duel by Aaron Burr. And she was like, that's real. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, we're about to see where he's buried. Oh gosh. What a weird. And then she was like, if you tell anyone that I will kill you. And her family looked at her and was like, oh, he's going to tell everyone that. That's the dumbest <laughs> thing anyone has ever said. And I was like, well, you're not wrong. And I also am probably going to tell everyone. And then there's my other favorite is there's a 12 and a half foot tall George Washington statue where he put his hand on the Bible and he was sworn in. It's right around mm-hmm. the corner from Hamilton's uh, where their house used to be. And we had another guy it was a full tour. And this was like the dad who wants to like ask dad questions <laughs> and like be really impressive. But he has no idea what he's talking about. And his kids were obsessed with Hamilton. So I loved, I was, I loved this valiant attempt to like be engaged, even though he clearly was like not really knowing what was happening. And he was like, I think we're all just kind of curious. The statue is that about how tall George Washington was? <laughs> I mean, this statue's 12 and a half feet tall. It's huge. And I was like, no, no, it's 12 and a half feet tall. We he came up to like his kneecap. And he was like, oh, I, I think we were all wondering that. And his whole family's just like. We yeah, were not wondering that, Dad. Correct. <laughs> You're the only one, Dad. And so I think every time I see the statue, I think, was he that tall? Yeah. He wasn't. Wow. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. We weren't yeah. there.
1: No. Um, so as you said, you are doing a collaboration with Playbill, which first, congratulations on that. That's Thank you. super exciting. How did this uh, collaboration of virtual tours start?
0: I love them. I've always loved them, right? It's an iconic brand. It's... Um, it feels so broad. It's, it's a playbill, right? It's Broadway. It's the yellow playbill. Um, about a year ago, I had, I had met the vice president of playbill, a guy named Alex Birch, real nice guy. Um, his family, the Birch family uh, owns playbill and has had it since grandfather to dad to now Alex. Um, and I, I said to him, I, I had met him and I said, I would love to go to your factory where they make the playbills and see how this works. And he was like, Oh, Okay. Oh,
1: that's so cool well, I, I, I would also want
0: to yeah, go yeah. <laughs> right the, the, yes and um, now I'm in like kindred spirits the rest of everyone yeah. else in my life was like you want to do what and I was like yes. shut up <laughs> yeah in Queens they have this old factory and it's is this it prints you know tens of thousands of playbills a day and so he was like all right yeah bring a couple team members I'll give you a tour and so we went we got a tour and the entire tour everything he would say was so like you know, this is just how it works. I don't know. This isn't that interesting. And I was like, this is wild. (laughs) This is crazy. You're changing my life. And he says, you know, the first thing he said was, you know, they decided on yellow. And I said, I, it never has even occurred to me like, why yellow, you know, why do people make these decisions for their brand? Why am I green Irish? And it's my favorite color. And I just, I really like it. It's Mm -hmm. as simple as that. And yellow, he said, you can see it in the dark. Um, when your playbill's mm. on your lap, it's still slightly visible because of the, you know, the color of yellow. And I was like, oh, I love that. Okay, <laughs> great. And so it was a whole day of this. And he was like, You're so weird. We rode the subway back to the city, and he was like, I can you. This is like what you do. You just like share these weird stories about yellow. I was like, Yes. This is, you have <laughs> yeah. no idea how many people uh, would love to be in my shoes right now. And so then, when the whole pandemic hit, Playbill, their whole business model is advertising in Playbills. That's where they make their money, right? It's mm-hmm. ultimately at the end of the day, it's a magazine advertising company mm-hmm. um, with a very large merchandise store. Uh, and so they were making money off the merchandise store. And they approached me and said, You know, we love you. We don't know as much about your tours, but is there a world where we can, there's a world where we combine forces and build some sort of virtual experience, which is me. Exactly like this, sitting in front of my exposed brick wall on my couch, sharing the stories that we built and seeing if that translates over a screen. And I have to be honest, I really doubted that it would work, but it really works. People who didn't know about us, a lot of playable people hadn't come or for whatever reason. Um, so we've gotten a lot of new followers and people who are like, I've done all your virtual tours. And I was like, That's so cute. I love yeah. this. Uh, and so it's been great. It's been really great. And Now that I've done, I've worked with them for a couple months now, it feels weird to just casually email the head of Playbill and have these conversations about us working together because it's such an iconic brand that I, you know, I'm a little kid in a green sweatshirt that, you know, you don't ever think you're going to find yourself at that table. But but the stories are interesting enough that there is some nice cross-pollinization.
1: Well, I subscribe to Playbill and get emails from them. And as I was scrolling, I'm like, oh, my God, it's Tim. Like, <laughs> it's Tim and his tours. So I was very excited when I saw that as well. So, again, huge congratulations. That's such a Thank big deal. And obviously, I feel like maybe some people listening, you know, I can speak for you, Steph. Like, we would love to go to the Playbill factory. Wow. That like, is uh, amazing.
0: I think uh, probably, I yeah, I, that's, maybe that's tour number seven. Yeah. Can you imagine? You I think there's probably, there, yeah, there's sure there's like waivers and all kinds of like safety. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um he gave me like uh playbills that weren't finished. He gave me like a wow. Dervin Hansen playbill. He's like this one wasn't finished. And then when I visit their offices, you know, to pick up uh, stuff to do these virtual things, you know, there's no one in the offices, so it's just the empty Playbill offices. And Andrew, who's worked at Playbill since the '90s, um, who's in t- charge of their digital operations, he was like, "Oh, come on in. Yeah, let me show you around." And he was like, "Oh, here. This is probably going to be like a collector's item. It's the sixth opening night Playbill <laughs> ever opened. And Do you want this?" And I was like, sure. "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> right here. Here's Lehman Trilogy. It never began performances, but we have a stack of we started printing. And the saddest, I will say, the saddest thing that like will stay with me forever, they have a shelf um, in their office of all of the playbills they printed in chronological order for the year. Uh, mm-hmm. and so it's essentially a log of every show that's open, mainly in New York, but also in some regional places. Mm-hmm. And it got to March, and it stopped. And the oh, rest oh, of wow. the year was empty. And I was like, oh, God, that is so ooh, that yeah. is a visual that I will never forget. That's that's Broadway summed up in Playbills in a year, in 2020.
2: I wonder yes. the last time they stopped printing for that long. Probably never since they started. So it's I, never.
0: I mean, a strike here and there, but the strikes, you know, they're still printing the playbills because the strikes were like a week. you yeah. know.
2: What? On your YouTube channel, you've been doing kind of more in-depth conversations about specific theaters. So we have yeah. a little bit of a game sure. for you, maybe. It's called Broadway Theater Roulette. We each have some little pieces of paper. We're going to pick one theater for you, and I want you to tell us the most interesting obscure fact that you can think of of this theater. Sure. Okay. okay. Let's see. This first one, the Eugene O'Neill current home.
0: Eugene O'Neill. Mormon. This the 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 thing that pops up into my head every time mm-hmm. is the Full Monty, um, <laughs> one of the successful shows there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my favorite story. At the end of the show, let it go, and they take off their like g strings and they're naked, right? And the um, lighting effect was the entire text of the full Monty font behind them was the lights. And so they were lit with silhouettes so you couldn't see them fully nude. And then all the lights went out. But one performance Patrick Wilson said, he said, I noticed the lights were doing something weird in the whole number <laughs> leading up to it. And he was like, I don't think, oh, I think this, I think the light like, cues out. are off. I think we're queued off. I think we're a cue, um, I think we're a cue ahead. And they were. And, uh, no. and and as they went to pull off their g strings and remove their cop hat, um, it was a cue ahead, and it was full light for like two seconds. And he was like, all the other four guys completely naked. He's like, I didn't move my hat. I was like, <laughs> no. Nope. And so I think of that image every time. as like what that audience? I mean, I wish you could have like cameraed back to like the audience. The and audience just, yeah. like, like shock yeah. and horror. Like, yeah. <laughs> of like, wait, they really did. Just junk on stage. So it's, uh, (laughs) yeah. So that's what I think of when I think of Eugene O'Neill, which is awful. But (laughs) here we are
1: The Music Box.
0: The music box. My favorite thing about the music box, it was built in 1921. So this game is fun. So uh, <laughs> it was built 1921. So at the height of Prohibition, right? Prohibition had just started. And so in the offices upstairs, Irving Berlin and Sam Harris built the building. They, had, uh, they hid all these secret panels in the walls to hide liquor bottles. Uh, and they're still there in some of the Amazing. dressing rooms um, that are uh-huh. hidden. So you're like, I love little secrets yeah i wonder
2: what people put in there what's the the
0: i I talked to some friends who are in dear van hansen they were like oh yeah i don't know nothing (laughs) like come on (laughs) be more excited about this weird stuff yeah no they're like don't worry we're just doing (laughs) eight shows a week we don't care about that (laughs) We
2: don't have the time we're (laughs) crying (laughs) correct (laughs) the niederlander
0: Ah, the Niederlander. Okay. So this is a personal story. That was the first time I ever saw a Broadway show. I saw Rent. I wow. saw Rent with my, I was 16 years old. I saw it with my mom and my aunt, um, which was like so fun to watch the number contact with Angel <laughs> yeah. and them all having sex. And it's my mom and my aunt. I was like, this is good. This is really good. Uh, but I love, we sat down and you think like Broadway, right? And the Niederlander at this point was pretty run down, which worked perfect for the show. So they didn't really do much to 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 maintain it. And they were like, it's perfect. Leave the scaffolding, leave the awful rugs. But I'll never forget, we sat down in these orchestra seats that were probably 110 bucks. And that felt like a million dollars. And we sat down and a cockroach ran over my mom's shoe. <laughs> no, no. And I just remember looking down and being like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And my mom... You know, my mom is not quick and witty. She goes, do you think he paid as much as we did for these scenes?" And I was like, mom, still got it. Killing that's it. Funny. And so that's what I think of every time you're like the Niederlander, iconic 1921. But also remember that time that there was roaches in this wow. old building watching wrench with us. Yeah. Oh,
1: God. That's amazing. The Al Hirschfeld.
0: The Al Hirschfeld. Okay, this is my favorite. We don't ever talk about this because it kind of falls through the cracks, but I'll tell you a story that we never tell, um, which is the Al Hirschfeld used to be the Martin Beck. Martin Beck was the guy, uh, he was a vaudeville producer. He built lots of theaters. He was in charge of the Orpheum circuit. Um, so if uh, in Gypsy or whatever, there's references to the Orpheum, the old Orpheum circuit. And he built the Palace Theater and he built the Martin Beck. And the Martin Beck he built as the only theater on the other side of uh, 8th Avenue, west of 8th Avenue, he, he was trying to get everyone to move with him and then he built it and everyone was like we would never go that far west why what, what are you doing over there and he was like oh whoops and so still to this day it's the only one all the way over but in uh, 2003 they renamed the theater for al hirschfeld who's the famous caricaturist who did all the line drawings and they went to put up his name on the marquee and the show in residence was wonderful town with donna murphy the revival and they said they, they they chalk it up to Martin Beck being pissed off that his name was no longer on the building. Um, all the props throughout the entire run of the show, everything uh, was never where it was set. And they were like, we would set a prop, this show would start, everything would be moved around, and they were like we're union, we're not trying to mess with these actors, (laughs) we have no idea what's going on, but none of the props will stay in their spots. Uh, And throughout the run, they said the entire run, uh, Martin Beck was moving props around and stuff, uh, which I love.
1: Yeah, that's, wow, that's great. Yeah,
0: you're like wild, unexplained things, or it's just the angry IATSE member, union (laughs) backstage member who's like, yeah. In a Martin Beck mask or something. Yes. Martin Beck's
2: like descendants mm-hmm. paid him
0: off or something. It's like yeah, sure.
2: The Richard Rogers.
0: The Richard Rogers. Okay, um, all right, here's a fun story. So uh, it's presidential, but it's not the presidential you think. Um, it's not even 1776, which is also in the same building. It's not Hamilton. It is uh, the original How to Succeed in Business in 1961. Uh, the press agent Merle Dubusky gave um, a ticket to the White House and he said to JFK and Jackie O, you should come and see the show. And they said yes. And he couldn't believe they said yes. And he went into this panic of, okay, now I've got to get a picture of JFK in front of the, the theater, which was then called the 46th Street Theater. And I've got to get this picture and I'll sell a million more tickets. And he said, I snuck a photographer in, now it's Bond 45, but it used to be the um, a small entrance to the um, Medicine Hotel. And he sat his photographer and he said, okay, when he gets out of the car, pop up and let your big long camera lens go and get me this photo and right before jfk's uh car pulled up a secret service agent spied the guy's camera and thought it was a gun
2: wow and
0: went to sniper and kill this guy and he was like oh my god no 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 that's my (laughs) photographer i forgot to tell you i was kind of being sneaky i almost killed that man um and so that to me is like whoops uh press agents do anything for that shot i guess pun intended not intended all of that (laughs)
2: we've seen smash we know
0: (laughs) (laughs) great
1: um and the last one the (laughs) hudson
0: the hudson sure uh we do an hour and 45 minute tour of it so i can tell you lots of things but one of my favorite things that is short enough to tell you now. Um, The original owners, the Harris's, uh, Henry and Renee Harris, they moved into the building. Literally, there's a whole set of office suites on the two top floors of the building. So when you look at the front of the theater, you'll see uh, two stories uh, at the top of windows that are dirty with blinds that haven't been touched in years. And this is the original residences of them. It's been vacant since 1992. After Renee moved out of the building. Her husband died in the Titanic. She survives. She has the building until 1929. She passed, she leaves, it changes hands. A producer moves in in 1942 named Robert Breen and him and his family live at the top of the Hudson from 1942 to 1992. And for 50 years, this family lives at the top of the Hudson. He dies, they move out, they seal it. And almost, uh, they say very few people have been up there uh, ever since, and it's been sealed. Uh, and so I demanded that if I was going to build a tour for them, that they had to let me up into the apartment. <laughs> and so I got to go in. They were like, okay, one time, we'll unseal it, get in there quick. And it was eight bedrooms, four bathrooms, two stories. Uh, I got to even climb up the ladder all the way to the roof uh, wow. and say that I stood on Hudson roof. Um, and it was pretty wild. It's pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah,
1: that's so cool. Yeah. New York
0: real estate, just sitting there. Can <laughs> you imagine? I was like, you can get the thing is it's a fire code law they can't you have to have two uh moments of egress uh, to get mm-hmm. out of it one staircase to get in which was always fine they so said we'd have to have fire escapes added to the front windows which is a landmark facade which we can't and so mm-hmm. basically our hands are tied okay so
2: you get to meet people from all over the world who are interested in theater which kind of seems like a dream come true that's kind of the best part of doing the podcast like interacting with people from all over the world. What is your favorite part of leading a tour?
0: You know, I think it, it I think it is that. I think the the question is the answer, right? It's it, the the best part of a leading a tour is is meeting all these people. You move to New York City, it's a really hard city to live in. It's really expensive. We pick one of the hardest industries to perform in and to, you know, try to make a living and a career in us. And so there's this, you lose the magic of the whole thing, right? You lose that moment of seeing Oliver at the local high school in second grade because because of everything I just mentioned. It's just so easy to like, you know, whack a mole you down back into the ground. And I think for me, I've never really lost that like Thoroughly Modern Millie setting down the suitcase moment because uh, I get to meet these people and I see the world through their eyes and it makes me remember what it was like when I first got here. And, you know, and sometimes people have very little knowledge. Sometimes they know everything like you guys. And it's, it's, a, it, and both ends of the spectrum are really exciting because you can, with you, I can nerd out about weird smash references.
1: Anytime. I,
0: it's just like, sign me up. Let's do a smash tour yeah. just for you only. Wow. It's a one wow. thing. We There's my idea. There's the no idea. Good. We could. We could. You're like, we've got it all plotted out. This is actually an intervention of how we want you to add this. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, this is not um, going out, actually.
2: We're just here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. You're like, I bet we're actually at your apartment right now. Yeah. <laughs> Please lead us in person right now. Yeah. Uh, masks on. Um, <laughs> so it is the the excitement is uh, and what I love is just meeting people and hearing why they love theater, when they were first exposed to it. And then my absolute favorite is when you get someone who has lived in New York City forever and has seen a million shows and knows everything. And 20 minutes in, they're like, I didn't, there's so much of this I didn't know. And it isn't a challenge. It isn't an ego thing. It's just, I love sharing new stories about the most well-tread thing in New York City, which is Broadway. It in turn, also became the challenge for Hamilton was everyone knows everything about it. So how can you find new stuff uh, that is really interesting and, and and make it unique and and engage people that way?
1: Yeah, that Spider-Man story you told us about the million dollar ring, that's what it is, right?
0: I was like, what did I tell you? (laughs) It is. We talked about that. I never talk about that.
1: We talked about that because I told you that I've seen Spider-Man twice and was a fan, and you Mm -hmm. were- Horrified, so you're I like, "I want like, to hear Ooh. this story." <laughs> um, and then, and then, Steph read the book, and she was like, "It's here that that <laughs> yeah. uh, that fact is in the book." <laughs> we interviewed Jake Epstein, and I was like, "Well, I need to read this book now. I need to know." Yeah, and I was
2: yeah. like, "Oh my god, my poop is here. is here. This is here. This is here." It was truly a wild, wild book. It was. It, it's uh, that
0: book is. uh,
2: that, book is, yeah. all, but just the, the fact of that whole musical, the well, everything that happened, the producers, I was like, two people have died? Like, what is happening here?
0: The best for me was I just went back and reread it last year. And the best <laughs> thing for me, which I don't remember reading the first time is when they go to sign the first when they get Bono on the edge on board, mm-hmm. it's the first producer, it's his master plan. He's like, yeah. sign here that you're going to do this. And he dies in <laughs> he their does. in their apartment as they're signing. He has a heart attack. I was like, what? <laughs> we
2: should have cut bait then? We should have known? Yes.
0: This is life being like, get out of there. Do not do this. But they were like, no, let's spend another million. This will be great.
2: It was truly... That is like the fascinating stuff about theater. Reading it, you know, you think you know what's crazy and you just never know how crazy it could get. And I'm yeah. sure even that was like sanitized and cleaned up a little bit. Before. Oh, yeah.
0: You can only imagine the conversations <laughs> like, well, the as they're cutting this million dollar ring and hauling it into like the back.
2: <laughs> insane. Insane. Amazing. Yeah. So what is your favorite tour to give?
0: My current favorite. It always changes. They're all my favorites. Um, they're <laughs> all my favorite children. Um, my current favorite up until the shutdown was the Hudson tour. Uh, I, I will say it, it was very full circle and it's still never lost on me that in the middle of the tour, we try to get you on stage every tour. It mm-hmm. doesn't always happen. Sometimes the set doesn't allow for it. So we never promise that we'll get you on stage, but- I basically said to the staff, I was like, if we can, we will, we have to. Mm-hmm. And, and for most of them, uh, American, uh, utopia, um, uh, uh, talking heads, their show and that whole thing, David Byrne and all that, it has a real open set. So for the first, like, you know, months of us starting this tour, we could go on stage for almost every, uh, every tour. And it's not lost on me standing center stage on the oldest theater where Elvis was discovered, Barbra Streisand. I mean, every show ever standing there and telling people about our weird lives and having them see the world Mm -hmm. through our eyes. And it, that alone, it's like an, you know, it's, it's priceless to me. And I, it's something I really, I really value the opportunity um, and I cherish the opportunity to be the one to share that kind of moment with people, especially a lot of them for the first time. And then, you know, the all oh, there's original Tiffany Glass, which is his first public Tiffany Glass that's still there. there. The original owner died in the Titanic. There's this insane Titanic story. Elvis Presley, The Tonight Show started there. Barbara Streisand. Um, Louis Armstrong was discovered there. There's these crazy gangster stories where the guy pulls out a gun and puts it to this guy's head on opening night of the show. I mean, the stories that I started to like dig, I was like, this is wild. This is crazy. And it just keeps going. I, mm. I think a lot of people think like, oh, okay, it'll be fun. He'll walk us around. <laughs> He'll sit us in a seat. And I was like, no, every nook and cranny of the theater, we have something. And it, uh, to me, I'm really, really proud of how it turned out.
1: That's awesome. Um, So as we said, we did the ghost light tour, but have you ever had a ghost encounter?
0: In a theater, no. Um, In real life, maybe. I lived in this house in New Jersey right when I moved to New York City and I was living with like, of course, 37 actors in this house. Um, I think it was a five bedroom. And it was there, rarely were you ever home alone because there was, you know, so many people living in this house doing the actor thing. But I remember one night I was by myself and my um, roommate's dog, was with me and the dog sitting on the bed with me and it's like 3 a.m. And I don't know any, I don't know enough about now. I know more about ghost stories in the witching hour. And I've seen the movies where it's like, everything happens at 3 a.m. But at the time it was just like, I was a little kid in New Jersey. I don't know. And I was like listening to the last five years or something. I don't know who knows. And um, I hear whistling in the hallway and I was like, but it sounded like an old man whistle with like vibrato. And I was like, that's weird. And I was like, I'm going insane. And I, it stops and I hear clapped applause. Okay. And I looked at the dog and the dog's looking at me and I look at the dog and all of its fur is standing straight up on its entire body. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I put on my headphones and I was like, just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. And uh, <laughs> my roommates got home from partying or whatever. And I was like, they look like, they're like, you look weird. I was like, ah, I heard this thing. It was weird. And he was like, ah, it's weird. Cause Marissa last week was home by herself. She heard someone walking around upstairs while she was in the living room. And then a month prior, they were like, we didn't want to tell you cause it was so weird. She was upstairs and she heard like the front um there's this buzzer that was like the old laundry buzzer thing. And it didn't do anything. You had to press really hard and it made this noise but it didn't activate or do anything or door or whatever. And she said, I was upstairs and the buzzer was pressed, you know, which is inside the kitchen. She was like, I'm home alone. She's like, I came downstairs and every, all the cabinets in the kitchen were open and all the <laughs> lights were on. She was like, I ran out the front door uh, of, the, uh, of the house. And she's like, and then I came back in and all the cabinets were closed. Uh, wow. The lights were still on. And so just, that's the only time I've had like, weird things where you're like unexplained. I never saw anyone. I heard old man whistling Dixie or whatever. Um, <laughs> but but no, never nothing in the theater, no anything like that. That's my only like close encounter where I was like, this is weird. <laughs> Have you guys?
1: Um, I am convinced that I had a ghost encounter, but no one believes it except for Charlie, who <laughs> was there. Um, we were driving down a street, at, I don't know, it was nighttime, I don't know what time it was, but there's like really old historic houses in our area where we live. And we were just driving, and like there's all of these like different alleyways, uh, like not alleyways, but like you could walk to go on a hike type thing. And I swear there was a woman that had no face, just like hair, like basically like the grudge. And I was like looking back and I'm like, did you just see that? And she's like, yeah, I just saw that. I'm like, okay, so I'm not going crazy. Like we both just saw that. I swear we did not drive down that street for maybe like five years after that ghost encounter.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. That's. Uh, she was like, I don't want to
1: drive home alone. Like, we didn't want to go to the gas station. No. Like, nothing. And we also, like, we worked at a summer camp that was basically in that exact area, which Great. was awesome.
0: And they were like, the lunch lady with no face <laughs> died here in this exact spot. I used
2: to tell the kids, like, horror stories about, like, yeah. the big in the weird oh, room. No.
0: Yeah. Scaring kids. Perfect. There was a kiln
1: down there because they used to do like pottery classes down there. So the kiln room was like where it was haunted. Is what we Duh, say.
0: It, everything <laughs> happens in the kiln room. The kiln in it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, it's yeah. like weird,
2: weird portraits of people on the walls. Yeah. In this weird house. In the kiln room. At. Yeah. <laughs> weird. Not for me. No. Right.
0: <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Needless to say, I was only in New Jersey for another two months. And I was like, I'm moving back <laughs> like, to the I'm city. Out. I'm down. I don't care how expensive it is. <laughs> I'm Jersey's- out. Of here.
2: <laughs> New Jersey is not for us. Okay. <laughs> no. So we... Said before, we got to have what turned into a personal tour with you, where we got to deep dive into the industry and talk about starting a project from the ground up. So, for anyone listening that is thinking of starting out in the industry or starting a project, what would be the advice you'd have for them?
0: Just do it. Just um, there's so much fear involved. There's so much comparison involved, especially now with social media, and uh, you know, there's so many people doing great podcasts or great tour companies or great shows or everyone's right it it feels like who am I to reinvent this new thing or invent this thing from scratch and so I just say like just do it just put all that aside and be like you you have everyone has an interesting vantage point of course you have to then find the market for it and you'll all of that comes right Mm -hmm. but the first moment of it all is just kind of just do it we're all gonna you're always you'll always I think have imposter syndrome of like well who am I to stand on a stage and tell them like this is how it works and you're like yeah. well who am I not you know i mean it's like well why not me um and so i always say just do it just start put something on paper especially when it comes to writing um we, i've written some souvenir books uh, that pair with our tours and the first moment the hardest moment is just getting anything even if it's garbage on paper and then editing it and just getting it going but it, it to me it's just get over that first hurdle of creating something And then from there, finesse it and figure it out and make it work, you know, however. And then you'll see if it works or not. But just do it. Mm -hmm. Like Nike, just do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have another game for you. This is called Personality Test Drive. It is rapid fire. So quick answers.
0: Oh, I'm Um, awful at these. (laughs) Yes, go ahead.
1: Your road trip cast recording. What are you listening to on a road trip?
0: Um, I So I just road trip from 10 and a half hours from <laughs> Michigan, and it was a split between The Prom yes. uh, and Dear Evan Hansen and uh, Songs for a New World. But the City Center Encore's uh, revival, Shoshana Bean, Michael. I'm Clark, obsessed situation.
1: with that cast recording. Obsessed yeah. with it. Love it.
0: Did you guys get to see that live? I know I'm ruining the game.
1: No. Um, no. No. It
0: was so crazy. It was because it was a theater full of people. Uh, I don't know how old you are. I won't presume to know how old you are, but I'm <laughs> thirty-five. And so it was like a, a group of people who had, like, essentially grown up with that album, grown up at that weird time in our lives where you feel like you're the only one who knows about songs for a New World. <laughs> and it was so wild to hit the opening number, and Shoshana Bean comes out. And she was like a New World, and she did like one thing, and everyone was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and I was like, "Only us. Only a group of weird New York." People. I mean, but Shoshana
1: is queen, so like, yeah. no. wrong she does no wrong
0: yes
2: i'll out tara that she first heard this album and this musical like two months ago so (laughs)
0: that's (laughs) not true
1: you you had used it in a yeah i'd like talked about it before like the original and i had seen like the trailer for the city center performance or whatever they did for the cast recording trailer and -hmm. i was like i'll listen to it eventually but in this time of listening to cast recordings i have not stopped. So I'm, so, uh, I'm going to expose myself later
2: for a cast recording. I just listened to the first for the first time. So we'll just embarrass ourselves. No, do ourselves. it now. Do no, it now. No, do I have it. to do it later. I have to do it okay, later. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. What is your miscast?
0: Ooh. Um. Oh God. And it's supposed to be really fast. Um. What is my miscast? Oh, I may. I I think I would love to be Millie and Thoroughly Modern Millie. Yes, yes. Just, is... just to just to the challenge of that, where she does everything and she's on stage the entire time and she's hilarious and weird and yeah, that. that's great.
1: A Broadway stars spotting on tour. Has it ever happened?
0: Uh Neil, uh well, the two biggest, uh Tom Hanks on his way to work, um, to do Lucky Guy and um uh uh, uh, uh Matthew Broderick, uh I forget what show he was doing, and Neil Patrick Harris are the three biggest.
2: Oh, those are pretty yeah. big, pretty big.
0: Mm-hmm. I was like, don't look now, Neil Patrick Harris, and everyone's (laughs) like,
2: what? (laughs) Everyone avert your eyes, but-
0: (laughs) And it's like on my microphone, you're like, okay, just over your shoulder. Yeah, (laughs)
2: like you're in a zoo. And if you-
0: (laughs) But then there's like some that I'm like, oh my God, oh God, oh God. And if I told the group, they'd be like- Who is that? But my favorite was Jerry Zachs. Um, Jerry Zachs, director of every show ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He still smokes cigars. <laughs> He's like old school, 1992. You know, here we are. And so uh, we often see him on tours, and I'm like, "Don't look now," There's Jerry Zach smoking <laughs> a cigar like, on his um... break from Hello Dolly. Great. We yeah.
2: we were at the West Side Story stage door, like when we were there in December, and Tara was like, "Don't look now," but I think that's Harvey Firestein walking at the stage door right now, and we're just like.
1: Can we heard his voice? We're like, it's him. It's yeah,
0: him. yeah, that's a cool one.
1: Yeah, um, actually, also that trip, the Mulan Rouge stage door, remember? Like every person, Lyndie ever Mendez was, was there. We're just like, it was, was weird. Like, You're like, like
0: what's clocking? happening?
1: Yeah.
2: It was crazy. Okay, what is a movie you would turn into a musical?
0: Wow, well, they took it. I, I always wanted. I always thought *Miss Doubtfire* would be great. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get to see the three previews that they did, so I don't know. I'm sure it turned out great. Um, but that was always the one. And then um, *Sister Act* two, *Back in the Habit*. <laughs> Uh, you got to do a double bill of Sister Act and Sister yeah. Act Yeah, in rep. Share. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly, all like first right. child style. You know,
0: yeah. in the afternoon. I'm into it. Let's go raise Sister the money. Two, I'm there,
1: Sister Act Two is a great movie. I feel like it's very underrated. Oh,
0: so, uh, if you wanna be somebody, it's so good. Yeah. It's all so good.
1: Um, guilty pleasure musical.
0: Guilty Pleasure musical Jekyll and Hyde slash Little <laughs> Women are my two absolute yes. favorites. Yes. Yeah.
1: Wow. I'm surprised I will, there can, wasn't a Joe Marge for your. this
0: past. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, baby. I saw it twice. I was oh, the really? only gonna- one. I had to have been the only one who saw it twice. I saw it in previews and I was like, oh, this is life changing. And then I saw it again and then it closed and I was like, what? That was incredible. And everyone was like, that was garbage. <laughs> And then I just worked with, um, not just, it was probably like four years ago, but it uh, feels like just, um, Mindy, who wrote the lyrics to Little Women. And oh, one day God. I was there, just me and her, before we started this reading, and I was like, I just have to tell you, Little Women. I saw it twice. And she was like, what? I, I was like, you, it's some of my favorite. And I'm like, it's not- She's like, all right, all Yeah, right. enough. <laughs> the weekly volcano. She's like, okay, it must be time to start doing something. Hey,
2: someone, I hear someone coming.
0: <laughs> Correct.
2: My phone is ringing. Yeah, I'm going to go oh. fill up my water
0: bottle. Good luck. Yeah, You're like, yeah. with your career, kid. You're like, thank Amazing. you. Thank you
2: so what is your favorite show you've never seen?
0: Ooh, favorite show I've never seen. Ooh, it's not my favorite, but I was just talking to someone. I've never seen Mame. It's not my favorite, but I've never seen it. Favorite show I've never seen. That is a interesting question. Maybe, uh, no, but I've seen regional productions of Footloose I really like. Um, <laughs> Maybe you see too much. Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's like I see a lot. So you're like, uh, at this point.
1: Like, what haven't I seen? Yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: what's your favorite marquee?
0: Oh, uh, favorite marquee. Uh, it has to be, I think... Um, I almost said Hades Town. It has to be Walter <laughs> Kerr, uh, the 1921 sign that was there. And the ambassador where Chicago has had a matching sign. I was just writing about this for our virtual upcoming virtual tour of these theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, they both have the exact same sign, but the ambassadors was removed, sadly. And so uh-huh. um, the only one left is Walter Kerr, which I love. It's so good. That's beautiful.
2: That's it's beautiful. That's actually maybe my biggest celebrity sighting. I saw Bruce Springsteen waving out of his van. Out
0: of, he was waving out of, from his van yeah Like
2: i took a prom across the street and then bruce springsweet comes out and he gets in his car and he's like out the window waving i was like what's happening
0: you were like who cares about caitlin getting in.
2: yeah that <laughs> level true? is here i'm like what is happening <laughs> over here it was hilarious okay that's crazy what is your favorite theater
0: my favorite theater is the belasco if mm-hmm. you know me this is an easy one mm-hmm. uh, my dog chewing his bone next to me as we have this podcast his name's belasco because i'm insane and he's well oh, now he's cleaning his paws exactly. he's always gonna look good
1: yeah can we can get a sighting can, can we get
0: a, a belasco sighting yeah, <laughs> yes oh
1: my God, with the green bandana oh,
0: oh so come on no. if you know anything about me i'm always on brand uh yeah i got him a peanut butter <laughs> bone so he's been going at it for hours
2: he's having a great time
0: and he he has now, I do so many virtual events. This is my first, I think, podcast uh, during all this, but I do so many virtual things and so many Zoom, whatever, phone calls. And so at the end of every one, I, oh, okay, bye, you guys. He knows the sound of my voice that I'm done and he stops whatever he's doing and he runs and he just looks at me and he's like, now what are we doing? Dad's done with work. I was like, no, I'm still working, just done with that work. And so I was like, we Hopefully. have been together too long. Yeah. Codependent. Uh, yeah. Correct. <laughs> a dream person
1: to give a tour to.
0: Ooh. It's ah
1: Jerry Zacks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Correct. Uh he did say I'll say Jerry Zacks one time I was on a tour and he's he, uh, my friend Steve is his, uh, is his associate director. And Steve was like, I was talking about you. And he's like, I see that kid. He's, he knows so much weird shit. <laughs> hey, he's always in green. He knows some stuff. And I was like, Jerry ex has been eavesdropping. Good. It's all my master plan. It's all working out. Um, I always wanted to give a tour to Ben Brantley of the New York Times. Or should yes. I say formerly, for, soon to be former of the New York Times. Uh, and I always wanted to do, but I, I checked the box last year, uh, Michael Riedel. Uh, ah. he came on my Hudson tour in, uh, in uh, like December or something.
1: He could be added to the smash tour. Oh, yeah. He,
0: yeah. He would give the He's smash tour. He's a star. Tour, I He's think. A star. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Co-star. Like Catherine, Megan, Michael
2: Riedel. And then
0: <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Jordan somewhere in there.
2: Yeah. Um, what is your favorite score?
0: Favorite score I love is into the woods. Um, they, now I think it's on YouTube, but when I was in, I did it in high school, I played Jack and um when you rented the show it came with this um vhs tape that was a recording of St- uh, sondheim and james lapine talking about how they wrote the show wow. and they're like okay so you've got the score in front of you and it's steven sondheim at a piano and you're like what and it felt like he was talking like just to your high school and um and he was like, "Okay, so every time the beans are involved, it's the same bump, 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 bump." Yeah. He's like, "But in your fault, when it's all the unraveling of it, I did bump, bump, bump. I did the reverse of it, and the reverse is the entire tune of that song because it's all mm-hmm. coming undone." And I was like, like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I thought he was going to be like, you know, you know, do better and you know yeah. land on the beat. Um, yeah. But no, it's it, it's really it's um. It's That's genius. He's, he's genius. So, so I always love that score. Uh, dream roll. Dream roll. Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors. I was set to do it. And then life <laughs> closed that production. So hopefully 2021, maybe they'll, if we're allowed to be in a theater again, maybe it'll come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, I've waited forever to do it. I've auditioned for it for a million times and I finally booked it. And then life.
2: Oops. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, we'll call that. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Last question in our lightning mm-hmm. round what is the last show you saw before the shutdown
0: it was the minutes uh the Wednesday mm. the Wednesday before the shutdown or the Tuesday um so one or two days before mm-hmm. um it was wild it's so yeah. do you know anything about the show it's it's um, Tracy
2: Letts right he Tracy Letts yeah.
0: yeah and there's a wild it's it's cut kind of this wild ending it's I think it's only an hour and 40 minutes it's pretty quick um mm-hmm. Jesse Mueller and people that I can't think of their names right now Well, Tracy Letts was in it um uh, Austin Pendleton I mean it was a crazy cast and uh and the ending was wild it really made you think but at first I was like I didn't like it I don't I don't <laughs> like the ending I don't like it I loved it until the ending and then the more I thought about it I was like oh it's genius it's really genius I, so I think I liked it um and they've said they're coming it's coming back um when when whenever we all go again um mm-hmm. so that's yeah so that was good but that was my last live theater before all of this. Can you imagine? And what yeah. about you guys? What was your last show?
1: Summer. <laughs> the Donna Summer musical on tour.
0: <laughs> Congratulations.
1: Thank you. My
0: friend Steven was, uh, was the dude who played was the Bruce? husband. We love yeah.
1: Bruce. We yeah. part. Um, yeah. Have you seen Summer? Mm-hmm. There was a moment in Summer when they were using screens, which I do not like screens. I was like, what is going on right now? <laughs> it was just like a lipstick projected. It was just like oh, that's
0: right, that's right, that's right. There was also the, the
1: audience clapping track. I'm like, what is happening oh, right now? I don't
0: remember we, that.
1: We were in like. Near the, the back. back. <laughs> and so we heard the track
2: coming in of like people cheering for Donna. Like, like we love done, you, Donna. Done. Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I know, like yeah. four
2: times, but it was. <laughs>
0: <less> <laughs> you're like, with that said, it was one of my top 10 for the year. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I mean,
2: it was. It was top four, maybe, but uh, yeah. of the four yeah. I saw.
0: It was wild just because when it got to let's dance, mm-hmm. everyone jumped up. And it's like, God, we yeah. all have that instant physical response. That you're like, I love this song. <laughs> But it was good. Yeah, I liked it. The audience, the night I was there, um, was lukewarm about it until that Mm -hmm. song. But, um, you know, they were working their butts off. It had, you know, there were some redeeming points. Jukebox musicals aren't my favorite in the world. But, you know, yeah, sure.
1: We we happened to be there on media night. So our cast, our uh, audience was also pretty lukewarm to the show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. They're like just pencils writing. Just
1: like, um. Yeah, yeah, it was was an experience.
2: (laughs)
0: What a um, way to go out.
2: <laughs> what a way. way to- we'll never forget it. <laughs> uh, we've, we've talked so much about it, I feel, because have. it was the last thing we saw. So it's yeah. really sustained
1: us. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we return to a more more normal lifestyle and can comfortably travel again, besides going to Broadway up close, what is something that we should do in New York?
0: That's a great question. I think you should um, do touristy things that are um, that are unique. Um, so I think like the Tenement Museum, uh, which is, you know, a a pretty decently funded museum up until, you know, of course, everything shut down. So I think those are the places that are the most interesting, that are going to need the most love. And for whatever reason, that's the museum that sticks out to me because I feel like it's not as well known as, of course, as the Met or, you know, the Museum of City of New York, um, or MoMA, Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting. It's really historical. The team and the people they have working there are incredible. And it it was hit really hard. And so I think they're going to make it. It's out, I haven't heard any reports to the contrary recently, um, but it's those places. It's the smaller institutions that are really interesting, really New York-y, that n- will need your tourist dollars and need the love the most once we get back up and running.
2: We're putting it on our list. What do you see for the future of Broadway Up Close? What's uh what's coming up
0: you know i have like lots of things in the works um Secret. some of them i'm not allowed to tell you <laughs> secrets secrets <laughs> um this whole uh things that aren't secrets we have like some new merchandise stuff coming up mm. um i'm i i i got obsessed with the idea of reframing literally the memories that we already have so making picture frames and literally reframing moments Mm -hmm. from past experiences. So we unveiled our first picture frame, which is this um, Times Square cityscape thing, which um, I'm very proud of, it It turned out very nice. And then we have a couple others that are, uh, one is a collaboration with Playbill that I had an idea and I was like, maybe this is an idea. And so we're working on that. Uh, And then a couple other in houses that I just finished i'm looking at it right now we just finished it uh last night so some new merchandise stuff that i'm really excited about the other (laughs) things that are really exciting that aren't official um but if they were official you're gonna love them and Mm -hmm. it'll be a really exciting 2021 if it does happen that's all i can say about that but but more interesting things along the lines of the stuff we've always done which is you know just really specific interesting stories about broadway
1: you you're, had told us about the passport when we saw you in december and it hadn't even been unveiled and you're like want to see these pictures we're like yeah we want to see these pictures and, and, like, yeah. Yeah. and then it yeah. came yeah. out
0: yeah uh, did you get a copy have you no do you have we have we were gonna okay, come to gonna... new york
1: in april and, oh, and get it. Right.
0: where are you you're in canada yeah in toronto so it's like eight million dollars to get for me to get you one let's <laughs> oh, well, let's work on that or or maybe once you're here it'll be my gift to you um oh, once wow. you're back we'll, we'll figure that um but yeah when it uh you know when you create anything, this goes back to the idea of like, how do you get started? When you create anything, there's the fear of like, I'm gonna be the only one who likes this or thinks this is cool. And I've had 10 years of these tours where you're like, okay, I'm not the only insane person who likes this, this type of stories about theater. So this product, I was really proud of it. I thought it was a really good idea. The execution with my team was really great. my friend Adam, who was my baker in that production of Into the Woods in high school. Uh, You just employ all of your cast
1: members, wow. Basically, I was
0: like, if I've ever done a show with you, I will probably hire you. He's an incredible set designer in his own right now. He designs sets for operas all over America and really the world. And so I said, hey, will you um, draw me uh, the Hudson Theater with a pencil, and he did, and he was like like this, and I was like, "That's genius!" Yes. So he drew every theater. So we're working. So that was unveiled in January. We unveiled it at Broadway Con, um, and it went really well. Thankfully, it mm-hmm. still uh, still does well. Uh, and then we started selling at home stamps that so you can do it at home. The vision was you come to the gift shop and we stamp it, but now you can do it at home. And then we. I don't think I've talked about it ever. So maybe this is like exclusive. Wow, uh, We're doing an off-Broadway passport um, nice. that is That's a third so of the way done. Um, so we're in research phase and drawing phase and sketching phase for that. Um, and so we hope that that'll be like our 2021. Okay. We're allowed to go back into theaters. Let's talk relaunch about the theaters of- we've been in and relaunch, you know, so with that new thing. So, um, so hopefully we'll have the pair of those as our, like our, you know, show going things. That's so fun. Yeah,
2: I I love that. I love the idea of stamping and tracking because we're always talking about we've checked off this Broadway theater. We haven't been to this one yet. I've been to this one twice. So mm-hmm. an official place to put it is pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And right. some somewhere cool that like fits in your pocket or fits in your purse or something that you can yeah. just like bring with you and doesn't feel weird to like carry around this like mm-hmm. binder of old playbills.
1: Right. So we end off all of our episodes with our obsession of the week. And we did tell you to come prepared with an obsession. So it's time for our obsession of the week week. Steph, want to start us off?
2: I will start. Okay. So now I'm about to expose myself for a cast recording I never (laughs) listened to before. Okay. So for
1: various reasons. Wait, hold on. Before you start, can I tell you what Steph said to me yesterday? She was like, wow, I listened to this cast recording that features an icon. And let me just say. They're an icon. I'm like, what are you talking about?
0: You were like, they are iconic.
1: You I was are. like,
2: I was like confirmed, confirmed. Now I know. I knew, but now I extra know. So I listened to ragtime for the first time. I had never heard it before. And um, guess who's an icon? Audrey McDonald's. Okay. <laughs>
0: I've heard. I've, <laughs> have um, you heard? Yeah, I've ridden an it. elevator with her. She oh, wow. Yeah. Physically just
2: iconic. She's like, <laughs> everything, and I was like. So the song I'm talking about is "Your Daddy's Son." I was listening to it, and it stopped me in the cast recording, and I just went back and listened. I didn't finish the cast recording. I was just like listening to that song over and
0: over. I need and You, to had, it. Never, you I had, had never. You had never heard it. You had never. Okay. Isn't that crazy? I
2: never heard it. So I know. We're See, we're question. like it's a blind spot. It's crazy. Can I
0: tell you about the song? Do we have time for me to? Yes. Oh my God! Go no, do it for two seconds. Yes. Um, so Flaherty and Aaron's, I did um uh, I did a concert with them of a man of no importance that we did with this company that I work with a lot that I love, Transport Group. Um, and they put together this concert. It's all like it's Time Daly, it's um Jason Danieli, uh Marin Maisie's um uh widow or husband, um, mm-hmm. and uh this crazy cast, and then like me, this like <laughs> weird little Irish kid in the back. And uh, so that Flair Denierens, they came into some of the rehearsals and they were talking and they were talking about Audra. And she, um, they said we had written her, you know, Sarah Brown eyes in act two. And she had this, um, she had this moment in act two, but they said for all of act one, she was just kind of sitting there and what we were running the show. And they were like, oh, we got to give that girl another song. And they literally went home, wrote exactly what it is. Audra went to Juilliard, so she sight reads. They brought it into the rehearsal and were like, just sing this in front of everyone. Like... And he was like, Bana. she was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, it was almost verbatim exactly what it ended up being. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the room was like, Tony Ward. and then she did, and they were like, we wow. think that song was what like got her that Tony mm-hmm. Ward. And I was it, like, duh, <laughs> it's so good.
2: I was listening to it, I was like, this is good. Oh, I'm having a good time. And then that song, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> And then yeah. I listened to like a bunch of different versions. And then I was like, but no, Audra's is still the best. <laughs> She's still the yeah. best. She's so like delicate, but powerful. It's yes. like beautiful. I I loved it. So, and also ragtime, funny story, not funny, but it has a tie to Toronto. Like its first production
0: was. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Of all the things, I was like, Toronto, that's where it started.
2: Okay. But it was in 1996 <laughs> and I will out myself as being three years old at the time. I was too. So I so. don't <laughs> think we saw it. Great. Great, yeah. we didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, we did right. <laughs> yeah, so that is my obsession for the week. Audrey, sure. singing your daddy's son. He
0: Daddy played piano,
2: played it very well. Music from those hands could catch you like a spell. He couldn't make you love him, for the tune was done. You have your you are your yeah, that's so maybe uh, one I, day I, I'll yeah. finish that cast recording, but for now <laughs> yeah. we're stuck
0: there. And go to the highlights. Have you listened to the highlights recording from when no. they did in Toronto? Because I think Heather Headley is like the one soloist in it. Mm. um so you should do that listen
2: to that one okay yeah well that'll be more homework for me but it was yeah. like it's great
0: okay, <laughs> so sure.
2: Andrew mcdonald's
1: legend is a legend yeah right <laughs> confirmed um what i'm obsessed with this week is there was a virtual benefit concert uh honoring tom Kitt at second stage um and it also honored uh second stage theater trustee Angela Sun and there was a few videos that were released online um, there was a few next to normal performances that were released online and my favorite was LaShawn's and her daughter Celia Rose Gooding singing Maybe um, that song is so sad um, as Steph is mimicking too <laughs> right now and watching a real life mother and daughter sing that adds another level to emotion. I don't think I've ever heard them sing together before. We got to see Celia in Jagged Little Pill. She was amazing. And to hear them sing that song together gave me chills. And then they had this like emotional moment at the end. And then I started crying. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so this song, this duo, let's have a next to normal reunion with LaShawns and Celia <laughs> and whoever else yeah. wants to join. I'm ready.
2: <laughs> when I thought you'd might be dying, I cried for all we'd never be. But there'll be no more crying Not for me
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I, t- I, th- last night, maybe I think I was writing and that popped up and I was like, okay, you have to, I have to watch this. What is it? What? And I didn't know they, I didn't know they were, I mean, until I saw a news article about it last year or something that they were mother daughter. I was like, of course they are. It makes so much sense now.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: what talent in your household? Can you imagine singing that with your mom and your mom no. with Johns? No. <laughs> and you're like the star of Jagged Little Pill. And like, so easy. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy.
1: It was so good. Uh, what are you obsessed with this week, Tim?
0: What am I obsessed with this week? Was this my homework? I was supposed to find yes. something I was obsessed <laughs> with this week, and I've already forgotten. Um, I think I did have something planned, and now I've completely forgotten. Um, it was going to be Rob McClure doing his orchestra thing.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah.
0: Have you seen that?
2: Yeah. We-
0: yes, we've seen. That's that a recent obsession, not necessarily this <laughs> week's obsession. Yes.
2: Um,
0: but that was my recent obsession. I can't remember what this, I did have a good one planned and now I'm <laughs> not good at my job. That's, okay, that's a good one. I had one task. And, <laughs> but when you did, when you posed that question to me, my first thought was, oh, him doing his conductor series and it ended with uh-huh. passing the baton. And I'm like, uh-huh. he's a genius. He's so um, good at like
2: physical comedy. He's like, yeah. yeah really? And he's
0: so smart and it's of uh-huh. the moment. And I was like, you're a genius. And so, yeah, and I think that, and I'm totally on board with all of these virtual you know, miscast and these galas where they're getting really fancy people to do really stripped down interesting things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just think it's so smart and it's again of the moment and uh, Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed.
1: Yeah, yeah, we love it. We want to use our small platform to bring attention to some meaningful organizations that are doing work. And COVID nineteen has left many charities in a vulnerable state, and we want to show our support and help make a difference. So, Tim, we asked you to highlight one that is important to you. Tell us about it.
0: This one I do remember. Um, <laughs> so I did. Ha- I did half my job. Yeah. Uh, Rosie's Theater Kids uh, RTK is it's. Uh, it's it's acronym uh, was started by Rosie O'Donnell uh, at this point, probably seven 16, 17 years ago. I had the good fortune to teach for them for a number of years. So what it is, is uh, they take, it's a fifth grade program, mainly. Um, that's called the act one program. And they go into public schools that have all their arts education, basically uh, cut. And we do a 15 week musical theater class. Uh, and at the end of it, we take them to see a Broadway show for free uh, paid for by the program. And then they do like a show and they get a shirt and they do like this full like musical theater thing. And it's incredible. And fifth grade come to find out is the perfect moment where your body can physically do things, even if you're not used to dancing or whatever. And it's still, um, your brain isn't aware of like feelings and cooties and cool and not cool. That happens in sixth grade. (laughs) So it's the perfect crystallized moment where you're not afraid to do things that you haven't done before. That feels weird. And so I taught for them for about five years in this um, PS Broadway Act One program. And I was obsessed with just the mission of what they do, which is they're like, we're not trying to create theater professional kids. We're just trying to create, uh, they said, we're rehearsing for life. We're just trying to make these people better people and expose them to the arts. And maybe that will open them up to the you know wider world of different jobs that exist in different things. And so, Um, Those five years, I love them. The organization's incredible. Lori Klinger, who runs it, is incredible. Um, It's just an incredible team that is so smart. And then they have an after-school program uh, that you can audition for that is, again, um it's arts classes, but it's geared towards doing well in high school, middle school, and college. that's called their Act two program. and so that they have a whole building just off of Times Square that all of this happens and they bring in, you know, their friends uh, these icons like Audra <laughs> and Jesse Mueller, and these people come in and just like sing with the kids and like do these little workshops. and um, and again, they're like city kids who are just like, this woman's so talented. they don't know most <laughs> of them don't know who Audra is. and I yeah. think she probably loves that because it's her mm-hmm. Just being Audra and just being talented and hanging out. Um, and it's an incredible program. Uh I can't speak enough, uh highly enough about it. They got the Tony Award a couple years ago for um for being fancy, which Rosie <laughs> accepted on their behalf. Uh and it's uh yeah, it's this one little building just off of Times Square that most people don't know even exists. But the the things they're doing within that program and, and the youth in New York City, especially the underserved artistic youth, uh I can't say enough good things about.
2: We'll be sure to tweet out all about Rosie's Theater Kids. Before we wrap up this episode, we want to say a huge thank you to Tim for joining us. You can follow Tim on Instagram at tjdolan85 and follow Broadway Up Close at BroadwayUpClose on Instagram and on Twitter at B-U-C tour guide Tim. To
1: check out his virtual tours with Playbill, go to playbill.com slash social selects. He's got upcoming tours on October 14th and 28th. And for any other information, go to broadwayupclose.com. And
2: you can follow us at off 2 BOS. podcast on twitter and instagram that's with the number two
1: and you can listen to us anywhere podcasts are found we'd love if you left us a review and we will see you next time bye